Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Have You Not Heard? I need to wish you a Merry Christmas because this is getting published on Christmas as the way the podcast calendar went for season two. So I pray that no matter your circumstances, you are experiencing new life in Christ. And today we're going to help that process by talking about overcoming anxiety. It is possible. It may take some effort on your part, but God always meets you in your first steps. So let's get rolling and see how we can get more freedom in Christ. Hey, so as we start out, I want to remind you that there's a great interview I did at season one. It's episode three on a testimony of overcoming anxiety. And it's such a rich testimony. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So if today's podcast really meets you where you're at, you also might want to check out that one. But as we dive into anxiety, let's just get some definitions and some understanding of what we're talking about um, in the natural. And we're also going to talk about it from the spiritual. The Oxford Dictionary defines anxiety as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So again, the times we're living in, in 2020 with COVID and cultural crisis, there's so much uncertainty about what's going on or what may happen, like we've been talking about. Psychiatry defines anxiety as a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension. And it can often come with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. So let's break that down because there's actually a continuum where anxiety can fall on. There's a stress and worry. So everyday stress and worry that we tend to have, um, it tends to be momentary. It might feel like a fight or flight situation um, that we've got to make decisions about or you know physically move away from. Um, But if we take the thoughts captive that are behind the feelings of stress and worry and we're self-aware, then it that can uh, just kind of roll off of us and not become a permanent state of being. But if the thoughts stay with us and those experiences keep going on, then it can become a state of being. So we can become stressed, E-D stress with an ED or worried with an IED, it becomes more of how we live. We live in that state of stress. We live in that state of worry and it feels overwhelming. Our thoughts race, our stress increases. We might feel it physically and our imagination revs up. So not only are we stressing and worrying about what might be happening right now, but what could happen in the future. And that's where fear starts coming in, right? So you see the continuum, you see how it can go. 
Um, and fear paints the worst case scenarios. And it's always projecting into the future. Uh, it's about feeling out of control. We might feel paralyzed and we might, you know, uh, have that fight, flight or freeze response. And this is a battle between our faith and fear, meaning where are we going to put faith? And a lot of times we feed the fear and not the faith. And we'll circle back around to that. But as fear increases, then panic can come. Anxiety uh, increases and anxiety might become a state of being. And there's actual biochemical processes that happen with that. And if it keeps going on, if this becomes your state of being, or if there's something that's happened, like we've talked about in the, the brain rehab um, episode, then there can be brain changes biochemically. And they could be innate, like genetic passed down or innate from maybe some uh, experience you've had birth-wise, or it could be developed over time because of the fear, anxiety, worry, things that have been going on, or maybe you have trauma like we talked about. So again, you might feel it physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So there's a continuum, stress and worry, low level momentary to full-blown anxiety, like you're engine is running all the time and you can't turn it off. And that even interrupts sleep a lot of times and you just can't, can't calm your nervous system. So what is the antidote? How do we overcome that? Because this is all about overcoming in Christ. Um, it's interesting that today in my two devotionals, the day that I am recording this, both quoted the same scripture, and it was Philippians 4, verse 4 through 8. And what I tend to focus on, and I give it as an anti-anxiety prescription, which I've talked about before on the podcast, but it is the part about where you, it, God is saying in starting in verse six, don't be anxious or worried about anything. What? How in the world, right? It says, but in everything, in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. So God is calling us not to be anxious or worried about anything. Do you hear that word? Anything, not even COVID, not even politics, not even cultural unrest, not even about that diagnosis that you just got, whatever the anything is, but he gives us an alternative. He doesn't leave us there. He tells us the antidote to it. So we, in all things especially those that I would say, I would interject those things that worry us. Give it to him. Talk to him about it. That's what prayer is. And petition with thanksgiving. So we remember 
who he is, what he's done for us, and what he can do. We ask for what we need and be specific. He's giving us permission to be specific with him. Let your requests be known. So it may be the first thing you need to do with overcoming anxiety is say, help me overcome this anxiety. That may be the first step. And then he promises that the peace of God that peace which reassures your heart, that gives you peace, will transcend all understanding. So everything else you've thought about, everything else you've known, that peace will come in its place and it stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so that is our legacy. That is our birthright to be able to live in that place of peace no matter what's going on, and it guards our heart and our mind. So that's the part I've always focused on. And also I focus on verse eight, which tells you how to kind of stay in that place of peace. What do you focus on? You focus on things that are honorable and worthy of respect, whatever's right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings you peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. So it's teaching us how to train our brain um, on focusing on the things of God that brings us peace. The thing that struck me today as I'm reading these devotionals is um, verse four and five. And it starts out by saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version if you haven't um, figured that out yet. And I like the Amplified Version because it gives some description to the wording and maybe paints the picture a little clearer. But rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. So in our rejoicing, we can remember that the Lord is near, but even in that, he knows we're going to be anxious and worried (laughs) because he addresses it. And then he tells us how to not stay in that place. So he's basically saying, I know this life is hard. There is a continuum. You will feel stress and worry at times, but here's how you can stay in my peace. And remember, I'm with you every step of the way. And our job is to focus on him and what is true of him, because that's what helps us stay out of anxiety and in peace. J.D. Walt, one of the um, devotionals I'm reading for Advent, he says um, his take on anxiety is it's a felt experience of being unaware of the presence of God. And so he says the text then that tells us not to be anxious about anything, his translation is be aware of the presence of God in all things at all times. Well, how do we do that, right? 
um, verse eight tells us how we do that. We focus on the admirable things, but what do we do about that worry and that stress? Well, JD, um, he suggests make, making two columns and write down things that are bringing you joy, things that are causing you anxiety. Now, this is a good prescription because I used to give these kinds of prescriptions to people in my office. So I, I vouch that this is a great exercise to do. So put a line on the middle of your page, have two columns, things that bring you joy, things that bring you uh, cause you anxiety. Take a few minutes to reflect and list out everything you can think about in those columns. And then because it's important to name them, to claim it, to bring it out in the dark, because anything out of the dark begins to change. We've talked about that before. And so, and God wants to hear it. He wants to hear, even though he knows what's on your heart, he wants to have a conversation with you about it. Remember, he, 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 um, made you, he formed you in your mother's womb and gave you life because he wants to have a relationship with you. And that doesn't mean just when everything's hunky-dory. It means, especially when times are dark, he wants you to run to him. So name it, list it out. One column may be longer than the other. Don't worry about that. Just be honest and let it flow. And then JD, um, suggests that now one at a time say, Father, I thank you for blank and I rejoice in you. So the thing that's bringing you joy, I say, thank you. I rejoice in you. I take joy in you. And if you can't find anything else to have joy about, then you can find joy in Christ because he is joy himself and the fact that he died for your sin and he's giving you the um, opportunity to have new life through him is a joyful thing. Rejoicing in the Lord has a way of magnifying our blessings and joy, JD says. Now read the list on the right column, which would be the anxiety, aloud one at a time as you pray to God, Father, I give you blank and I ask you to blank. Again, he's that following that prescription in Philippians um, 4, 6, and 7, tell him what you need. Say, I give you this anxiety and I ask you to give me peace. Or I give you this problem that I can't solve and name the problem. And I ask you to give me peace or help me to see truth in it or see your solution, whatever it is that you think you need, ask him. Then he goes on to say, now come back to the second verse of today's Advent text, hidden in plain sight between verses four and six. And it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So it's right there between rejoicing always and not being anxious. In the wake of this work, note the gentleness with which the Spirit is calming your being. We are empty of anxiety and full of joy. This is the life God intends for us to live at all the time. So thank you, JD, for that powerful lesson and great prescription of how to 
focus on joy, focus on God's presence, and to let him help us with the anxiety. You know, there's a verse in Hebrews that says, um, it's Hebrews 13, 6. It said, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So if we remember that he's with us, the Lord is near, as it says in Philippians, and that he is my helper, then that fear cannot stay. Perfect love expels all fear, and he is love. So we, what are you going to focus on? The anxiety, the fear that's knocking at that door of anxiety, or faith, who Christ is, what he can do for you, and how he can exchange things and there's also a verse in John 8:32 that says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So here's the deal y'all, anxiety is trying to steal our freedom. Um the spirit of anxiety, of fear, because remember they're kissing cousins, came in in the Garden of Eden. And Satan's intent was to get us to doubt God and to separate us from the love of God and the rest in God that brings peace. Christ died so all of that could be restored. And so it's possible today, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of everything going on, to have that peace. But we have to work, meaning not it's not self-based work that we can get ourselves in anxiety. The work we have to do is to plant our focus in faith and in what God says versus what our feelings try to tell us and what the world says. That's the work is where's our focus going to be and who am I going to feed? Um, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again into the yoke of bondage. So again, Christ has paid the price. He shed his blood for our sin, for Satan's uh, tricks and schemes that wants to bind us so that we can have freedom. And anxiety will try to convince you that you cannot be free, that you're trapped, that you have no choices. It brings hopelessness and sadness and all those other feelings that come with it. And our job is to take our thoughts captive. And just because it feels that way doesn't mean it has to stay that way. If we focused on Christ and what he says is true, you can break free from anxiety. Again, there are some people that it's a biochemical issue that needs to be addressed medically. So I'm not discounting that. And I am saying that if you have tried everything and it hasn't worked, then, and you haven't tried medically, then you may need to do that. But for the most of us, for the anxiety that most people are feeling, and man, anxiety is ramping up uh, statistically and uh, especially this year, but in general, over the years, it has been 
Let's go back to that idea that it's the absence of knowing God and his presence, because where does our foundation stand? How are we, um, what are we standing on if we're not standing on Christ and his sovereign plan for our life and his ever present, ready protection and help? You know, again, what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden was separation from God and wanting to be their own God led them into uh, the wilderness, to barrenness, to stress, to murder, to (laughs) family dysfunction, to all kinds of things that we all experience today. So the more that we reconnect with these truths, the more we focus on it, Uh, Proverbs 18.10 is an example. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. We can run to God and into his safety and trust him. And we might need to do some healing around, again, trusting him. And because our authority figures in this life may have done us wrong. Humans may have let you down. Y'all, the church is not perfect, but it's not about the humans. It's about God's perfection. It's about God's ability to be our protector and our healer. There will be some bad apples (laughs) in the church, so to speak. Because uh, we're, we all fall in, in, in sin and fall short, but don't give up on church and the church body because there are enough people that truly love the Lord that have been allowed him to transform them and heal them, that there are safe places. And so you continue to let God heal you of your own history and trauma and beliefs that are not of him and trust him more and then get into the body of Christ and um, share with other people. Like we talked about last week, um, just start talking to some folks, start journaling, um, pray the Anxiety prayer, the anti-anxiety prayer um, in Philippians 4. Find some other scriptures that bring you peace, that help you focus on the truth of God. Um, Talk it out with maybe a counselor. You might need that. And write a gratitude list. Uh, Gratitude and anxiety are hard to uh, be compatible. You may have both and, and I've got a good example of somebody that has both and because theirs is a real kind of biochemical issue. So they're struggling with anxiety and yet they know God is there. It's going to be okay. He's seen them through many hard times. um, So they don't feel alone. They know that he's going to bring purpose out of it and they're still feeling anxiety. But for a lot of us, Again, focusing on the good, on the gratitude. Worshiping is a way to change our focus. Um, So anxiety and fear are like bullies that want all your attention. So even if your body is screaming anxiety, meaning 
you have a hard time calming down, your heart races, you know, you're kind of feel that revved up feeling. Um, if you meditate on God's word, if you listen to worship music, if you focus on that, it's going to help bring more peace, bring more calm. And meditating on the word of God or meditating on Jesus himself is a way to do it. So we have a helper. We have a great counselor. We have a God who understands we're going to worry and have anxiety. But he's saying, I don't want you to stay there. I want you to live in freedom. And the more you come to me, the more you read my word, the more you allow me to uh, transform your mind, Romans 12, 2, be transformed into a new person by the renewal of your mind. And the more you let me bind up your broken heart and set you free, Isaiah 61, then the more you can experience the peace. I am near. Do not forget. In closing, I want to share a story with somebody I recently prayed with who was dealing with a lot of anxiety and fear and, and loneliness and sadness and anger and a lot of other feelings because fear and anxiety tends to collect a lot of other feelings with it. And really beating herself up about it, really feeling like she was in this dark place that she hadn't been for so long and she thought she had gotten out of and wouldn't go back to and couldn't figure out why everything she was doing didn't work. And, you know, she's trying to do all the right things, kind of the things I just listed off and it wasn't working. So as we prayed, as God calmed her spirit and he had to first help her calm down physically, mentally, emotionally, so that she could even hear and see new truth from him. So sometimes we need that kind of think of, and I'm not calling you a baby, but think about like a baby or like my sweet two-year-old granddaughter who gets so upset, so upset. She can't even think straight or hear anything. So first she just needs to be calmed. And as her feelings are honored, God honored this woman's feelings. He didn't tell her you know, shape up, get out of it. He honored how she felt. He showed her the truth of why she felt that way. And he calmed her down and then started pointing out the lies she was believing and the arrows of the enemy. And he eventually in this prayer time pulled back the curtain, kind of like the wizard of Oz when that curtain was pulled back and you saw what was going on behind the curtain, that there is a battle raging, but God was holding it back. And the battle is raging because this person is after God and doing God's will. And the enemy doesn't like that. So the enemy projects his own feeling, his own belief about himself onto us you're crazy. You're the loser. You're the one that's in the wrong. Well, that's all describes the enemy. And so as God revealed to this woman the truth, then she could see that God was with her. There was purpose 
in the struggle that she was being taught to see in the dark, so to speak, to not trust her feelings, but trust what God says is true. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I have overcome the enemy. And she was able to see the purpose, stand in truth, um, no longer believe lies and be empowered to move forward. Overcomer, that is called resilience, grit, post-traumatic growth. And it is all available to us because Christ has done it all on the cross at his resurrection. Any psychological need we have, he will address and he will point you to resources. He heals, he restores, he redeems. Isaiah 61, he is here to set the captives free, and he is here to do the new thing in our midst. Okay, you guys, thank you for joining me today as we close out 2020. I just want to remind you that God takes our pain and makes purpose out of it. This is a time of refining, a time that he is really going deep in our hearts. So I pray you won't shy away from that, that you will allow him to do his work so that we can be prepared and healed and whole to help a hurting world. Um, Jesus can do that in us, and then we can extend that and show others the way. That's how we change our world. And so as we close out today, I just want to bless you with Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen. See you in the new year.